Won't somebody please think of the children? Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I will be discussing another film. This one is my white whale. Um, it is called Spellbinder and is not to be confused with the TV series of the same name but completely different subject matter and not the subject of this review. Now this movie stars um, Timothy Dolly and Kelly Preston and it's from 1988 and I could not find a copy of this to save my life. It was very difficult to come by. There were only ever like two or three copies available on eBay and it periodically went out of stock at Amazon and all the copies that I could find were between 18 and 25 pounds. Um, even for ones that were like the incorrect region. So that was obviously a whole thing and, and a bit of a struggle. I did Google this to try and find out a bit about the film and maybe like why it was so hard to get hold of. And the only thing that I could find was something that sounds like a conspiracy theory in that because Kelly Preston is married to John Travolta and both had an involvement in Scientology, copies of this film had been systematically destroyed because she appeared nude in it, or I guess was also involved in like witchcraft and Satanism in the film. That just seems bizarre. I couldn't find any other reason for it to be hard to find. Maybe it just wasn't a popular movie and not many people bought it on DVD. But I finally managed to track down a DVD of it for about 15 quid, which was way more than I wanted to pay for it, but there we go. I had to see it. Uh, there is a terribly uploaded version of it on YouTube if you want to give it a look-see, but uh, I couldn't watch it. It just it, it looked too terrible for me to even try. I'm going to trigger one at the top of this episode for light mention of rape and also a, a situation which reads of domestic abuse, although within the context of the film, it is not that, and we'll get into that in a moment. So the back of the box says this, it is an incredibly short blurb, Spellbinder is a nightmare of illusion and betrayal. Los Angeles attorney Jeff Mills rescues beautiful Miranda Reed from being raped. As he and Miranda become lovers, Jeff learns that his new girlfriend is a witch trying to escape from an evil cult led by Aldi who wants to use her as a human sacrifice. That is not Aldi the reasonably priced German supermarket, it is Aldi the short form of Aldous, which is the, the name of the principal antagonist of the movie. So that blurb gets a number of things wrong, chiefly that he doesn't rescue Miranda from being nearly raped at all, uh, and we'll get into what actually happens now. So we start with the basket game. We... a basket game? We start with the basketball game, we are introduced to Jeff, the main character, and his three friends whose names didn't get introduced for such a long time that I just mentally started calling them Tall Jeff, Short Jeff and Black Jeff because they were all attorneys too and seemed to have basically the same personality. So I think later on we find out that Tall Jeff is actually called Derek and then either of the other two Jeffs are called Tim and Herbie respectively but I was never clear on who was who because they use the names in like weird situations where I wasn't sure who they're talking about. But just remember Derek's name because he becomes important later. In the basketball game, Jeff gets creamed. I think because Derek body slams him to the floor, but Derek and Jeff look exactly the same. So it was really hard for me to tell them apart. But he has been injured. And afterwards, he kind of begs off going out for a drink. And they're talking about how he's broken up with his girlfriend. And he's kind of done with dating and finds it boring. 
While they're having this conversation, a woman behind them in the parking lot in the middle of the night is having a screaming row with this scary looking guy in a big black coat and they do not intercede for the longest time. Like, this argument continues, it gets louder and louder. They only do something at the point at which the guy in black slaps the woman across the face. And she kind of comically falls to the ground. Which, in kind of like a windmill-armed way, like she just like ate ass on a big patch of ice. But they rush over there to break up this fight. And they find the girl sort of crouched on the floor. The guy is indeed very scary. He has a black ponytail. And a knife! So uh, they they kind of square off with this guy and in the end they kind of make him back off and he says you will regret this as long as you live and, and then I guess turns into bats and flies away because you know he just leaves he's not there anymore. The girl then gets up and introduces herself as Miranda and she does not look like A she has been crying, B she has been hit in the face or C She's just been dragged across the ground by her hair, all of which has apparently happened to her. So this is either the movie magic of just perfect hair and makeup, even in the middle of a war zone, or this whole situation is BS. And I'm leaning towards the latter because the whole plot of this film really reminds me of a James Spader movie, which is called like Dream Girl or something like that, which is basically he starts dating this woman and she systematically ruins his life. Um, so that's pretty much how I went into this feeling like it was going to go, and as usual, I was entirely correct. Jeff offers to drive Miranda home, and it's only some time later when they're driving well, down like a road, which looks like the beginning of Pretty Woman, when there's all the like the prostitutes everywhere and like all the neon lights, when he asks her where she lives, I'm like, where were you driving to? Starbucks? But she says that she doesn't actually have a home because she was living with Aldous, aka Mr. Knife Guy. And so he says, oh, okay, do you want to come home with me and spend the night? So she goes home with him to spend the night. He introduces her to his dog and his cat. And uh, she expresses interest in his tastes in art and music, further lending to the idea that she is bogus as all hell. And she then reads his palm slash his mind and tells him about the car accident that killed his parents. Clearly that's a, a way to get into a guy's pants. He then takes her to bed and she says that she can make him feel better from like, the pain of his basketball injury uh, by like essentially chanting over him and then waving her hands and then the pain is gone. So clearly she is magic. They both seem hideously exhausted by this and she instantly falls asleep. Jeff has a brief nightmare in which Aldous comes out of his pantry and stabs him with a big knife but that's just a nightmare and I don't know why it's here. He then goes off to work and discusses taking Miranda home with him with his colleagues and they rightly point out that he should not have left her in his home alone and that she will steal his hi-fi and maybe his TV. But uh, she does neither of those things. He gets home to find her just chilling in one of his shirts and she has cleaned the house. Which seems like something a serial killer would do but he seems to find it romantic. They do the frick frack snicker snack and then take a bath which, you know, hygiene. And he invites her to, like, move in with him and stay with him permanently. She again warns him about Aldous and says, like, he's really scary and I'm afraid of him. Uh, and then they seem to kind of fall into uh, an easy relationship. They go to a toy shop for some fucking reason to buy a teddy bear. I don't know why they're in a toy shop. They could have been doing literally anything else. But they're being followed by some random sweaty looking guy. And he seems to want to talk to Jeff. But he gets scared off by Aldous and then he goes back to his apartment where he's being followed 
and uh, there's already guys and also Aldous in his apartment. And then Sweaty Guy's head gets set on fire by Aldous using his mind powers. We see Jeff and his friends again because they are uh, defending some sort of doomsday prepper who's obsessed with terrorists. So his apocalypse-proof bunker is probably going to become important at some point because they mention it a lot. Jeff then has a bunch of people over for a party to introduce Miranda to his social circle, uh, including all his friends and his secretary, Grace. Throughout the party, Derek eyes up Miranda and it kind of looks like maybe Jeff's going to have a rival for her affections. She also does her like mind-reading parlor tricks on short Jeff, who might be Tim or Herbie, and tells him that he will lose something important on the winter solstice, which is a holy day. She then goes to the kitchen to continue doing dinner and grace comes in just as miranda is taking a scalding hot roasting tin full of turkey out of the oven with her bare hands as you do she then puts her hands in a bowl of water and chants so i guess maybe she's doing magic to fix her burnt hands but why would you not just wear oven mitts it's just easier uh, grace then asks some probing questions about miranda's um, history including whether her last name is her maiden name and where she grew up and also asks in what religion the solstice is considered a holy day and Miranda kind of gives her a load of bullshit and then gets angry when her privacy is continuously invaded. The next day Jeff asks Grace of her opinion of Miranda and she rightly says that Miranda seems sketchy as hell and she's not going to take it anymore. Jeff says that she didn't know what she's talking about and then she tells him the thing about the turkey and he's just like that's crazy and she's like yeah and I saw it with my own eyes. An older lady then comes to visit Jeff. She's introduced as Mrs White and although she gets in saying she has an appointment she does not so his secretary should be fired. Sorry Grace. As soon as they're alone in a room together she says we want her back obviously referring to Miranda. Something's not right here. The wind is put up Jeff a little bit. He calls Miranda and she panics, saying that she needs to leave. Uh, he leaves work straight away to go and get her, but he's being followed by Aldous, who corners him in a parking garage, levitates his convertible, and then breaks all the windows with his mind. But um, then Jeff is just in the car on the ground and none of that actually happened, so confusing. He arrives home but Miranda's gone. He gets like a bunch of messages from different people saying we warned you this is going to be the worst thing you've ever done blah 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 and then a bunch of demonic chanting so I guess he should pay to have his number not listed. He does a few things to try and track her down including taking her picture to the police and asking them if they've seen her which brings him to the attention of Lieutenant Lee who has been investigating a lot of murders and disappearances disappearance a lot of murders and disappearances which have to do with a weird symbol which is also on Miranda's necklace he gives Jeff the rundown on these so-called satan worshippers and their involvement in the murder and disappearances and their symbol he shows him the body of the guy with the burned head who has the symbol cut into his chest um he says also that their belief is that the more impressive the sacrifice the greater the magic this is not relevant to anything else that happens in the movie but it was quite interesting he directs jeff to a special bookshop in hollywood to find out what the symbol means i don't know why he can't just tell him but he goes to the bookshop uh, he finds a picture in a book of a kind of crazy eyed looking crone and it says what does a witch look like next to it so uh, again the wind is up jeff some time passes his friends try and get his mind off of miranda being missing 
He's then called in to look at some pictures and like a photo array and identifies Mrs. White, but nothing really comes of that. Maybe it was just to remind us that she was in the movie. He gets a call from Miranda, finally, saying she's in trouble, and he goes to meet her at a gas station. He then gets kind of aggro with her and asks her what the fuck is going on, which was also my question. He rips her necklace off and throws it away and tells her to explain herself now because you've put me off too many times. To which my response was, you never fucking asked her anything, Jeff. You were just like, come to my house, wear my shirts, rearrange my home, cook me turkey. He kind of deserves what's coming to him, let's be fair. She tells him that her mother is a witch and that while most witches are positive, after the death of her father, her mother fell in with a dark coven and that everything was kind of cool for a while and they taught her how to mind read, which was pretty dope of them. But they're also into animal sacrifice, which is less cool. And uh, she doesn't want to be involved in it anymore. And we see a little flashback of her attending some sort of circle with people in dark cloaks. She takes Jeff um, to see this house on like a perfectly normal street but she says it's their meeting house and that also there's a beach where they meet for the winter solstice which sounds like it would be very chilly she also says that she is expected to be sacrificed at the winter solstice and that the sacrifice must come of its own free will so it's pretty clear that this is all a ruse to get jeff to show up to the beach of his own free will so he can be sacrificed but um I'm not sure if we're meant to know that or not. If we're meant to know, it does add a lot of tension to the remainder of the film. If we're not meant to know, they do a pretty shitty job of trying to hide where the film is going. She asks for his help in keeping her away from the coven because if she's not with them at the winter solstice, they'll just forget about it and let her go. This is actually what she says. I don't know why he finds it so convincing. They then pack to go to a hotel, but then the house is attacked by the Satanist coven. Uh, they come as disembodied voices and mentally unlock the French doors, which then bang about a bit. And then a hand punches through the door, like through the glass pane of the door, to unlock it so that someone can get in. But they were already mentally flip-flapping the French doors around, so I don't get why they needed to do that. Similarly, a bunch of them appear at the windows and kind of push in at the windows as if they're pushing a giant see-through balloon because like the walls of the house move in which is a cool effect they then shatter the windows so they can get in which they didn't need to do because they were psychically flipper flappering the doors around but then miranda says kind of a spell i guess which she later says is a protection chant and makes them go away so they're gone now she pours a circle of salt on the ground and says if they stay in it they'll be safe so they go to sleep in the circle, which can't be comfortable because it, it wasn't very generously sized. When they wake up, all of the books have been like made into piles and all of the furniture is like weirdly balanced like a poltergeist has invaded their house. I don't know why the Satanists would have done this, but I guess they were bored. He gets the weird demon chanting answer machine message again, but I think that was just meant to scare him. They decide to go to Derek's house because... His furniture's still on the floor where it belongs. It's revealed that Jeff has an important court date, which he has been preparing for for months, so he obviously wants to go into work. They decide to leave Miranda with the doomsday prepper guy in his bunker, which they duly do, and then he goes into the office to be confronted by Mrs. White again. Uh, she confirms that she is Miranda's mother, uh, and it kind of feeds into this whole satanic panic they are everywhere kind of vibe because she's like we have people everywhere even in 
your hometown in your home county and we dug up your mum and used her bones for magic so uh, there's there's a heavy satanic panic vibe going on she then claws at her own face throws some things around and screams saying that he attacked her and like runs out of the office um he obligingly acts like a crazy person and chases her through the hall like he wants to kill her nothing ever really comes of this i don't know why they did it to be honest i thought it was to discredit him at work but he just walks out of work anyway so it, it, there seems to have been no point to this except shits and giggles he after this visit tries to find the prepper but can't get through so he leaves work and uh, goes back to the bunker which has been attacked and bits of it have been like blown off and all the stuff inside is really disheveled. The prepper is catatonic and never seen again. But Jeff goes to the meeting house. He breaks in, looks around and sees someone doing Tai Chi in front of a Baphomet poster. Won't somebody please think of the children? And he then finds a middle-aged couple and menaces them because they are wearing the symbol of the coven. The Tai Chi lady then attacks with Kung Fu and he throws her off of a balcony into a stairwell where she is either unconscious or dead he then breaks through a door into a ritual room and once he is threatening to break the uh, lady's arm of the middle-aged couple they tell him that miranda will be at the beach to be sacrificed except obviously they they just want him they, they want him to go to the beach he's gonna die we, we know this his car has also been torched in the intervening time um which is weird because like you want him to get to the beach do you want him to be late? What the fuck? Medi calls Derek from a payphone for a ride and Derek says he has notified Lieutenant Lee. When they're in the car together, Jeff then exclaims, they aren't witches, they're Satanists. Which at least is a nice distinction between the whole like witch and Satanist thing. Like witches are good apparently in this story, but Satanists are bad. So it's pretty unfair towards actual Satanists, but at least it gets that right about witches they arrive at the beach and derek says that he's gonna wait for the cops at this point i'm like 30 percent sure he's in on it um so jeff gets out of the car and goes through a spooky cave where people have spray painted spooky things on the wall like 666 in a lime green which is not a very satan color but also satan rules but the tears are cross because they're hardcore he finds the ritual or a ritual he doesn't know that it's the right one, but, you know, black cloaks, it's probably them. He gets instantly caught, and we see Derek and just two cops coming through the spooky cave. They sent two cops? That's not enough. Miranda is unconscious on the ground in the circle, and when Jeff is brought into the circle, Aldous makes a show like he's going to stab her, but then cuts her free so she can get up and do a little wiggle dance. So, she wiggles around the circle for a bit, and... They gag Jeff, presumably so he could not say, Stop wiggling! They then tie Jeff down in exactly the same way Miranda was tied up. And then two women from the coven take an age to paint bloody symbols on him and sprinkle him lightly with herbs and spices. Derek and the cops arrive at the circle just in time for it to be revealed that Derek and the cops are Satanists. So, saw that coming. And uh, Miranda says to Jeff something vaguely interesting, which is that, I knew you would come and my life would be spared once again. So is this the thing where if she fails to bring someone at the winter solstice, she gets sacrificed? Does she only have to do this once? We will see that that is not the case. She does not 
have to do it once apparently it's an ongoing thing but i would have liked a little bit more depth into like why she's doing this maybe give her a little bit of an evil speech at the end but that's all we get derek then dons this weird horned paper mache helmet says see you in hell and stabs jeff in the throat the camera then does not look at jeff again but uh derek has cut out his heart and raises it up high for the assembled satanists to look at we then cut to jeff's funeral <laughs> which is a lovely affair and well attended uh, lieutenant lee is also there and he questions derek who maintains that jeff and miranda have gone to mexico on holiday and that his secretary grace recently died in a car accident so i guess they got her out of the way it kind of seems like lieutenant lee is not buying any of this and i kept waiting for him to maybe like catch on and arrest Derek or for there to be kind of like a sting in the tail here where the good guys win but there isn't instead we see Derek walking another guy who casually mentions that he has no parents out of a club or a bar or something and right into the same situation as before with Aldous threatening Miranda so it's pretty clear this is something that they're still doing I question how much time has passed because if this is something she needs to do at the winter solstice it seems like this is right after the funeral so like a couple of weeks after she's just done it like if she keeps doing this there, there's going to be some serious questions she's going to go through like 12 guys a year which is a lot to go missing in this one area and to be connected to both Derek and Miranda so I don't see that they'll be able to keep that up for very long I don't even know what is the purpose of this I guess just to be evil so I didn't hate the film it was kind of interesting in a way it was very similar to some other films that I, I've mentioned already like the James Spader one uh, where he has the girlfriend who's played by Madge and Amick who ruins his life for no reason I guess I can't really remember it's also similar to a movie called satanic which is not the film called satanic that i have reviewed but in that they apparently rescue someone from a satanic cult only to find that she was being kicked out already for being too satanic and she gets them to do a ritual which um fucks them all over i'm not really going to review that because it's not really about witchcraft but it's a similar idea and concept so this felt like it was similar to other things that i had seen and therefore I think what was meant to be the twist ending was not very twisty and also not the end. It was a little disappointing. I'm glad that I've now seen it. It wasn't a terrible movie. It was just kind of predictable, which kind of ruined it for me. But maybe at the time in like 1988 when this came out, it wasn't predictable because the other films that I think it's similar to had not yet come out. So it might be a case of me seeing them in the wrong order and therefore not thinking this is as original as it may have been at the time as i said it is quite hard to get a copy of this and i couldn't find it digitally anywhere except for the, the terrible version that had been uploaded to youtube but uh, if you are interested in watching it and seeing it um do give it a go it's not like the best film i've ever watched but it's also pretty solid in terms of production values it's just disappointing that we didn't get a huge amount of actual witch stuff in it and that the plot was quite predictable i hope you've enjoyed this review in the meantime go and uh, watch a couple of other ones hit me up on twitter to let me know if there's a film that you desperately want me to review and in the meantime i'll see you in the next one